Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are influencer brands, influencer-founded brands, losing their sex appeal? This is a question I got from a listener, which you can also submit, by the way. Um, You can either fill out a form with your question anonymously, or you can send me a voice memo. And if you do, I will actually answer your question in an episode. So you'll get to hear your voice, which is pretty cool. So if you have any questions for me, go to the show notes below. Either fill out the form or send me a voice memo. And let's get your question answered. But the question is basically, are influencer-founded brands, specifically in the beauty space, losing their sex appeal? And also, how important is it to have a ton of followers in order for your brand as an influencer, like a product brand, um, to be successful? So I'll answer the first question, which is, if influencer founded brands are losing kind of their sex appeal or not having difficulty staying afloat? Um, I think yes. And this isn't just my opinion. I personally love to do some social listening when I'm trying to answer a question like this and look at comment sections or tweets or have conversations with people um, about this topic to see if I'm the only one who feels that way or if people generally feel that way. Now, in this particular question, it's really nice because if you Google like influencer brands or influencer founded brands, there's going to be so much press that pops up that basically contributes to the same discussion talking about if influencer founded brands are kind of falling out of fashion and aren't as interesting anymore or um, if the market is saturated, etc. Personally, I think the market is saturated, but I don't necessarily like every market is saturated with brands and influencers and blah, blah, blah. Right. But the problem with saturation becomes a problem when the amount of brands in a space aren't giving. Like when you have a ton of influencer founded brands that are clearly founded because they either want to like increase their net worth as a person of influence or because every other celebrity is doing it or because that's just the logical thing to do at this point in your career, then yeah, chances are you're going to come up with a brand that's not going to give what it's supposed to give. Like people think that your brand that you found as an influencer has to 100% of the time adhere to your personal brand, but that's not always the case. Like you can look at Rare Beauty, for example, by Selena Gomez. When Selena Gomez first launched Rare Beauty, everybody was really skeptical because she's not a credible authority in the makeup space, in this beauty space. Like she's beautiful, but like she has admitted on multiple occasions, even when like do you can go on her TikTok now and it's like get ready with me videos. 
she literally states she knows nothing about having a skincare routine and she's like not the best with makeup application and all of that stuff. So then you could say, oh, well, then that's not part of her personal brand. So Rare Beauty would fail. Yeah, people were very skeptical of Rare Beauty. But the thing is, Rare Beauty is so rooted in this concept of rarity and uniqueness and individuality and not comparing yourself to other people, which is something that is incredibly important to Selena and something that she has struggled with her entire career um, is finding her identity and, you know, being the person that's kind and like out of drama and really just like being herself like in the media that wasn't really considered good enough for a long period of time so I think that the emotional aspect of the brand was so strong that Selena didn't really need to be a makeup artist or a skin influencer or whatever in order to have a successful launch with Rare Beauty it also depends on the type of team you hire right so like the CMO of Rare Beauty is Katie Welch who is absolutely incredible um and has her own personal brand as well. And, and so when you have also a team of people that really care about your vision and your brand like that, it's a bigger likelihood that your brand is going to receive a lot of recognition and also make revenue, but be impactful enough that people are going to like not see it as just another celebrity founded brand, but rather as like as good as any other one, regardless of who founded it. Um, and Rare Beauty has an exclusive partnership with Sephora. Um, and Sephora is one of those retailers that's like really picky. I mean, they have, they have when influencer founded brands first started coming on the scene, Sephora was like up and at them. She was trying to grab them all. She was trying to be like, Oh, we're doing summer Fridays. We're going to take rare beauty. We're going to take Farsali. We're going to take like all of these different brands that were influencer endorsed or or founded by influencers like summer fridays like rare beauty like farsali um it was sephora was really quick to like hop on that train of selling influencer founded brands because influence or so we think tends to also bring with it a ton of money that's not the case you can Trust me when I say the amount of influencers that I've spoken to with millions of followers that have not made a single dime from that following is that there's more people like that than you think. So the short answer to does a large amount of followers foreshadow a large amount of success, whether financial or any other type of success, um, it, it, there's no guarantee of that whatsoever. Um, but in that, right, Sephora also created a relationship with Item Beauty, um, which was the exclu- is is the which was the exclusive retailer of Addison Rae's Item Beauty uh beauty brand. Um and also uh Selfless by Hiram had an exclusive relationship with Sephora to sell his brand. If you don't know, Hiram Yarbrough is a skin influencer um who launched his own skincare brand called Selfless by Hiram in partnership with the Inky List. Um, the Inky List, as we know, is a huge competitor of The Ordinary. I would say they've kind of taken over that market of like quality, ingredient conscious, um, yet affordable skincare. So they created a collection or kind of a brand under their portfolio with uh, Hiram Yarbrough. And I actually was a, a bit surprised that Hiram's brand is being cut from Sephora because 
he has so much authority in the skincare space. Um, he has also made a ton of brands like success, I would say. Like Youth to the People is, owes a lot of its success to Hiram, specifically its cleanser. Um, same thing with uh, like, uh, you know, La Roche-Posay and also CeraVe and also, um, you know, the sunscreen market in general owes a lot to Hiram and his influence um, and other influence. There are other influencers as well. He just happens to be one with a lot of influence in this space. Um, and so I was really surprised that his brand wasn't doing as well, I guess, as we thought retail wise with Sephora. Um, cause they got cut. Like when I'm talking, like when I say cut, I mean like item beauty is still being sold online on Sephora at very discounted prices, but you can still find it. Hira Selfless by Hiram was just like no sales prices, nothing. They were cut. Um, which was very shocking to me also because Sephora does have an exclusive relationship with the inky list, which created selfless by Hiram. So it was very interesting. I will say, I think the downfall of the selfless by Hiram brand was the huge focus on environmentalism and eco-friendliness and sustainability, because that is something that's super important to him. He, I believe, unless he moved to LA, last time I remember he lives in Hawaii and Hawaii is very well known for preserving its surroundings, the environment, wildlife, the oceans, all of that is very important to the natives of Hawaii and people who live there and, and really to the state itself. Um, and so that was a huge pillar in, or is rather, because the brand's not going anywhere. They just kind of severed their ties with Sephora. Um, that's a huge pillar of Selfless by Hiram's brand. I think there were some issues when it comes to the partnership between Sephora. One, I just don't think it was like, I just don't think it was elevated enough for Sephora. Um, Sephora does have its own brand and they tend to accept things that are a little bit more on the luxury side. I was kind of expecting Selfless by Hiram to go to Ulta, but the issue, like I said before, was the fact that the Inky List has an exclusive relationship with Sephora, so that could create some difficulties. I just think, like, taking Hiram into account, taking um, the branding of Selfless by Hiram, taking that, the brand pillars, all of that just makes more sense, I think, at Ulta. Ulta is... is the kind of brand that feels just a little bit more like approachable as a retailer than Sephora. Um, they have a lot of young customers as well. People who are focused on affordability. They also val I think value like, um, certain trendy topics, not saying that environmentalism is trendy, but like it definitely is, a huge pillar of Gen Z and Gen Z does shop at Ulta. Um, I would say a lot more than Sephora. I think the only thing really that people go to Sephora now for is rare beauty. And feel free to like, let me know if I'm wrong, but that's just based on just my opinion. I, I just think that that's the only reason people go there is, is for rare beauty. Everything else, like, you know, you can 
all, most celebrity and influencer brands you can find now at Ulta. And I think that Ulta is kind of prioritizes building relationships with influencers or people of influence more than Sephora. Granted, like I said before, Sephora does have its own brand standards and like very rigid requirements for the kinds of brands that they want through their doors. Um, there is a skincare brand that I found on TikTok that's created by um, the user Ryan Dubs. I don't remember his last name, but he has a brand called Do. It's a skincare brand. Um, I believe the handle of the brand is Do of the Gods. Um, <laughs> but the packaging is like really quirky and fun. The first time I saw it, I was like, this seems like an Ulta brand. Like it seems like it would sit right next to Euphoria. Um, it's just a very fun playful flirty brand and he actually got in the doors uh for a meeting with sephora and sephora rejected him and his brand because the pack because of the packaging it like didn't adhere to like the guidelines or the brand kind of perspective that sephora has and expectations that it has for the brands that it wants to have within its stores um and i was a little bit surprised that he went to sephora as opposed to ulta but Addison Ray's brand, unlike Hiram, like, again, I think there was just, like, a, a misalignment maybe in audiences for Hiram. I also think that, like, cause-driven brands, generally speaking, just do a lot better at Ulta. Um, I also think, like, environmentalism is a very hard value to sell because you're creating a brand. Like, do we really need another brand? Do we really need more packaging um, in landfills? Like, you know... It, it there's a lot of blurred lines there and it's 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 difficult to market for sure um but i'm kind of curious like what retail partnership selfless by hiram is going to do if he's going to go to ulta or if they're going to just strictly do it online um on the inky list website or have their own kind of situation i'm kind of curious how that's going to happen um item beauty in terms of Addison Ray, literally made never made any sense to me. I, I did not understand why item beauty was a thing. Um, it doesn't go with the personal brand of the founder. Um, it wasn't really marketed well. Even when it was marketed by her, it felt like a cash grab to me. Um, that automatically, I was like, yeah, it's not going to do well. And it didn't. And this is a prime example of like, your influence may not be enough to generate revenue for your brand. And that can be a lot of different factors. It could be because your followers aren't following you for beauty stuff. And maybe that's because you're not an authority on beauty or maybe because they d didn't know that that was one of your interests. Like, for example, people didn't really follow Selena for, like, beauty and makeup, but... They followed her because she's so good at, like, just staying true to herself. And so when she released the brand, like I mentioned earlier, it was a, the marketing behind Rare Beauty was not so much like, this is a makeup brand. Look, beauty. You know, it was, like, more so about the values behind the brand. Um, item Beauty just fell short on everything. <laughs> And I think Sephora honestly accepted them into stores because Addison Rae is so well known and she does have so much influence. And I think that that's where Sephora thought she was going to deliver is because she has so many followers and so many fans and so many people who love her that that's also going to show up in the data 
for brand performance and it clearly didn't um honestly if item beauty closed its doors i don't think it would be missed tbh um but i also do think that if they wanted to do retail somewhere like again ulta is such a great store for that ulta i think is more supportive of up-and-coming brand founders a more supporting of the creator economy which is why you see um brands even who started with an exclusive sephora partnership like fenty beauty go and have retail partnerships with ulta um you know there's obviously differences between the brands themselves but i the brand in terms of like the brand of Ulta versus the brand of Sephora. But I just think they're just more welcoming to creators and creator founded brands. Um, Ulta is than than Sephora, but I could be wrong. And I think Sephora may be rethinking also it's creator strategy, what influencers it's going to partner up with. Cause they do like they have said they sell summer Fridays, which is one of the only influencer founded beauty brands I stan. They do such a great job. You also oftentimes do forget that the founders are influencers. Um, I think they've done a really great job of, of marketing the founders as founders, as authorities, not just people with a ton of followers. Um, and they really care about their community. Their products are really great. They're very transparent in terms of how things are produced, um, in terms of their values, things like that. So it's, I think that Sephora is going to position itself with more celebrity influencer founders like Mariana Hewitt and Lauren Ireland of Summer Fridays, but also like Selena Gomez, because those lines are doing really well. And it's not because those people have a ton of followers. That's like a part of it, but that's not the most important part. Those brands could survive very well without their founder being the face of them. Um, but overall, I do think influencer founded brands are losing their sex appeal. And I think it's because there's, it's a saturated market because people are not thinking like I'm, if I want to found a brand one, is it going to be something that my followers and my fans and my supporters are going to expect from me? If yes, and if that's the direction I have, to, I want to go in, like, it really has to make sense to my personal brand, to my career goals, to, you know, the role I want to play in people's lives, the kind of product I want to create, etc. Like, you can really lean into, I want to create a brand that aligns very closely to my personal brand, and it's going to, like, be tied to me forever. Or if you don't want your brand to be tied to you forever, you have to think about how does, how are people going to buy this brand and find this brand valuable, but that it doesn't solely depend on me being the face and me marketing it, if that's not what you want, right? So I don't think that these, a lot of these things are really being considered. I think a lot of that has to do with one, creators are not equipped a lot of the times with the acumen and the knowledge and the team to advise on this. One, two, uh, you may not know how to find people who can help you with this. I think sometimes the question isn't how do I create a brand? How do I solve these problems? But also, who can I find who can help me? Even if that means I'm giving them you know, a seat at the cap table or I'm exchanging equity for something or... I'm naming them as my co whatever, like whatever it is that they kind of can get in exchange for playing a really big role, advising you and providing you with that like business acumen, D2C acumen, CPG, whatever 
sphere it is that you're looking for experts in. Um, I think a lot of these things are not being considered. I think that when celebrities and influencers found brands, they think that it's going to succeed because they have a ton of followers. Your followers don't mean jack shit. If you cannot deliver income wise, your partners are going to drop you. That's how it works. That's literally, you just saw Sephora do that with item beauty and selfless by Hiram. You didn't deliver income wise, I'm assuming. And thus we're dropping you, even though you have millions and millions of followers, like come back when the brand is solid, when the strategy delivers, and when you can bring us the ROI that we as your retail partner and exclusive one rely on, right? So I don't think those things are being considered. I also want to say that like, not everybody needs a brand. I have a client of mine who, very dear client, um, and also a mentor who is a product developer. This is her job. And a lot of her job is telling people, you don't need a brand. And I respect people like that. I think also when you have a ton of influence, you're more likely to be surrounded by people who say, Yes, this is amazing. You're such a genius. Yes, 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 yes. You're like a ton of yes men. And you need people on your team that are going to be like, dude, you don't need a product. And if you do, you can't be the face of it. Or if if you do, then this needs to happen. Like you need people that genuinely care about the success and believe in your vision, not just people who think you're cool or want your clout or will agree so that they can reap the benefits, whatever those are. Um, so be really thoughtful about forming a brand as an influencer or a celebrity or a public figure or any type of personal brand or, or human, even if you don't have a personal brand presence. Um, because from an environmental perspective, we don't need another brand. From a saturation perspective, we don't need another brand. So you have to think about why are people going to need your brand? Why are people going to want your brand over others that exist, others that may be better, others that uh, may have a stronger influencer founder, others that have, like, you need to <laughs> be strategic. Um, and you need to be smart. And sometimes it means telling yourself that, like, maybe I don't need a brand. Maybe that's not what I want to do. Um, but if you're interested specifically in keeping up with, like, news in the beauty space um, and, like, celebrity brands that are coming down the pipeline... John Legend, apparently. I highly recommend keeping up with Trend Mood on Instagram. Um, she does a really great job of like reporting on new beauty products and collaborations and celebrity beauty brands and all of that in that space. Um, but also there are celebrity and influencer brands beyond just the beauty space. This this one tends to get the, the most hate, but <laughs> there are influencers and celebrities in athleisure, in lingerie, in sex, uh, weed, vapes, alcohol, non-alcoholic drinks. There's so many different celebrities that have brands. And I think if you also want to create a brand, whether or not you are a public figure, looking at how a founder um, positions themselves in order to help their brand grow is also really important because that might be an indicator for you as to like, okay, maybe I'm a founder and I don't have a personal brand yet. Maybe it might be smart for me to build my own personal brand because I'm a likable person or I'm, I'm charming or I'm entertaining and that can help people relate to my brand more and provide it a human presence. So I highly recommend that even if you don't have a personal brand presence yet, still looking at celebrity and personal and public figure brands, um, 
and seeing how they position themselves within the marketing, because I think that can be helpful and inform you of your own marketing strategy as well and how to use yourself strategically without burning out (laughs) also. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.